Welcome, specialists, coaches, dads of kickers, moms of punters, relatives of long snappers, and dogs that shag kickoffs to the Iceman Kicking Podcast. It's the show with cold questions and even cooler guests. We're here to talk about the ins and outs of special teams and specialists. And I'm your host, Brett Arkelling. I am personally very excited for our guest today. We have Michael Mac Carrizosa. Mac, how are you doing today? Doing well, my brother. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. We were, you were one of the first ones we wanted to call up. Now, a little bit of background on Mac. 2015, he was a Ray Guy finalist, and that is for the best punter in college football. He is San Jose State's career leader in punting average at 44 yards a punt, was the first San Jose State punter to finish top five in punting average in two seasons, 2015 and 2017, and also the first to be in the top 20 nationally in three straight seasons, 15, 16, and 17. He had a whopping 47.5 yards of punt during his sophomore season in 2015. On top of all that, he was the first team All-Mountain West in 2015, All-Mountain West Honorable Mention 2016, was the Special Teams Player of the Year for San Jose State in 2015, and is a member of Pi Kappa Phi Fraternity. <laughs> happy to have you on today. Do you keep up with your frat brothers? Uh, some of them have turned into really good friends for sure. I mean, definitely, you know, have that relationship with all those guys still. But, you know, there's, there's a select few that have, you know, definitely, yo, here's my dog. <laughs> got the pup. Uh, but no, yeah, dude, that's, I mean, that was a, that was something that I got into early in college, but kind of weeded out as I started to get real serious about, you know, life, football, you know, finishing my degree, all that good stuff. You did get a, a full um, experience at college, so that's freaking awesome, man. Hey, before we get into anything, uh, a word from our sponsors. Uh, this show is brought to you by The Kicker's Bible. The Kicker's Bible. Do you want to learn the ins and outs of kicking from NFL specialists? Organize practice schedules for in-season and the off-season so you don't overkick? How to get a full-ride scholarship offer? Or the perfect long snapping technique for tossing a 6-5 ball on the hip every time? This book provides specialists with the ultimate guide containing everything necessary to find success as a specialist at the highest level. Brett R. Kelly combined over 10 years of experience as a player and coach with countless hours of research to develop this handbook of the greatest collection of proven technique tips used by college and NFL specialists and coaches in all in one place. The Kicker's Bible is a must-have for both players and coaches at every level who want access to information central to perform and teach at the best of their beauty abilities. Go to icemankicking.com to get your copy today. This is the Iceman Kicking Podcast. Oh, if we were last in the country returning punts, I might not be on the podcast. So shout out to the uh, R&B team. Hey, and everyone listening, man, y'all order my dog's book, man. Y'all stop playing with my guy, man. Iceman Kicking, go get the book, the Kicker's Bible. Order the thing. Support this young man, like Mac. Welcome to the cold seat. Uh, hey, I saw yesterday you were working out with NFL punting legend Marquette King. How did that go? He's a good dude, man. Uh, he flew out to the Bay Area uh, to get that work in, man. He's really dedicated to his craft. It was really good to get out there and compete with someone who's, you know, really about their business and, you know, all pro, um, you know, just a true pro out there, you know just competing, man. Like, I think it's, it's nice to be able to pick each other's brains. Had my, uh, had my brother out there, had my coach out there, a couple other guys. So it was definitely, you know, nice to get that work in for sure with someone like that. 
Dude, that is awesome. I know you guys have had a relationship for a while there. We'll go back to talking about Marquette here. I want to talk a little bit about you before we get into this. From Salinas, California, all right, went to Palma High School. Uh, and actually, we met at the Cal Specialist Camp in 2012. There was so much great talent at that camp. I remember Daniel Carlson, right, who's the yeah. current place kicker for the Raiders, was there. He was from yeah. Colorado. He'd later go on to set records for Auburn. Uh, Matt Anderson who ended up uh, setting the record for most field goals made in career for Cal was there. Uh, our buddy Bowie. I don't know if you remember. Uh, you Bowie, remember I, the homie. <laughs> Bowie is the homie. I never got his last name, but uh, he was always a, a great friend. I remember Giorgio Tavecchio, who was the kicker at Cal, uh, and then ended up helping out that camp. We're going to have some great seasons with the Raiders and the Falcons. What do you remember from attending that camp? Man, that was some time ago. Um, that was actually my first camp ever. I've never, you know, competed with any kind of kicker community. You know, that was something that was definitely special. Um, definitely been a fan of Cal football for a long time. So going out there and finding, finding, you know, back then YouTube was just coming up. There was no social media. Like, I don't even, I didn't know who Chris Saylor or Cole Jamie Cole or any of those guys that are running these camps, Brian Jackson, you know, I didn't know any of these people. So, you know, the thing was, you know, when you're trying to get recruited, you go to these college camps and it was amazing to see that they actually had a camp specifically for special team for special teams. I mean, um, you know, I just didn't think that it was, it was that big of a deal. And it was nice to have guys like Tobecchio there. Um, as you said, you know, mentioning Daniel Carlson, Matt Anderson, all those guys that are like elite specialists now, um, it's really cool to reflect on that and to, to, to know that we all, you know, kind of came up the same way. And I mean, that, that camp, bro, I mean, what was it like two day camp? Two day, yep. Two day camp. Yeah, it was nice. It was great. And I met my guy, Brett, Iceman kicking. That's right. I met man. The legend. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was fun. I remember, okay, Mac was at probably 52 yards and dude, you were hitting moonshots like, over the goalpost on field goal. Remember Matt and Daniel were all talking. You know, everyone was talking about you at the camp. Meanwhile, me and Bowie were over by the Gatorade station stuffing as many Gatorade chews as we could fit into our mouths. But, um, yeah, that was that was my first camp, too. I remember Matt actually won that camp, ended on becoming the kicker there. But that was really fun. And then we went to the Jackson camp, right? They had one in 2013 in Fresno, my hometown, and then one in L.A., um, and, and those were other good, like, competitions, you know, where we got to – I actually think you called me up or I called you up, and I was like, dude, we got to go to this. Oh, for sure. I mean, they don't – I mean, they weren't even doing much in California other than, you yeah. know, I think Sailor was down in L.A., but like I said, we didn't even know about any of that, that you know, that was going on. And um, I think I found Brian um, on some kind of YouTube video, and I – went to his website and I'm like, they, they run camps for kickers. Like, this is a thing. Like these guys are actually out here competing. Oh, this guy's committed here. Like, what is this? And it was so awesome to see that there was like such a like big community of guys that are doing the same thing I'm doing. You know, I thought I was, I was kind of weird for wanting to go out and kick every day and, 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 you know, go and play in college. But like, that's, I mean, that was the norm for, for, you know, a lot of guys. And it was really cool to see that. And then having Brian come out, very humbling experience you know I think there was what like four or five of us out there 
um, really got that one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I think that was the first video I ever made of myself too, um, to put like film out. So um, definitely a big pivotal moment, like in the recruiting process for me and uh, just understanding where I'm at as a, as a, as a recruit, you know, coming out of high school for sure. You're, you're definitely dating us a little bit, making us sound old, man. But yeah, it was, like, it, no, it was like the YouTube wasn't that big of a thing. Like it really but, wasn't. Yeah. With Brian too. I mean, that's what kickers don't understand nowadays is like, they're all homies. They're on Twitter and stuff like hitting each other up. We did not have anything. Like I literally knew you and maybe another kicker too, but like there was no. Like, Maroney. Yeah. Maroney. <laughs> You remember my boy Maroney? Yeah, went on to play at Cal Poly. So, yeah, we had we had some good little connects, but it was not like it is now. Now, I want to talk about your high school and your personal journey because I thought it was – I thought you have one of the coolest stories, and that's why I want to get you on this podcast. I mean, just your high school, the injury you suffered, uh, and I'll let you get more into depth in it, but going Sac State, San Jose State, I mean, the gray shirt, all that. Talk a little bit about your journey. For sure. There's no cookie cutter with, with my journey, for sure. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that helped me along the way that I can definitely, you know, give my success to. Um, I had a really cool guy named Doug Saucedo, good friend of mine, mentor, um, kicking and punting coach who took me under his wing. who's was actually a teacher at my high school. Um, really great guy who just really invested in me as a person and an athlete as well. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I wasn't the greatest, you know, I had a strong leg, showed potential, but, um, you know, the numbers weren't really there. Um, didn't really have many looks coming out of high school, like literally had nothing. And coming into senior year, um, blew out my knee. I actually played D-line as well. Blew out my knee, um, like mid-season. Uh, and I just kind of remember thinking like, damn, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like this was kind of my year to break out and, you know, put up the numbers and get recruited and, you know, being hurt's not going to do that, you know? Um, but I had them just, you know, tape it up. Um, I actually went out there and finished the season uh, with a dislocated kneecap and um, just kind of did my thing, made a video, made like a highlight video, which was not very great. Um, and, you know, did the whole huddle thing. Um, didn't even go to any camps, any kind of, you know, Chris Saylor, college camps, Cal camp, none of those. I didn't hit any of those until the spring, summer of my graduation year coming out of high school. So I had um, zero schools interested in me coming out after my season. So I'm out there every single day with Doug um, right after school kicking, um, you know, and I'm just kind of sitting there like, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I applied to 10 schools, got into those schools academically. And I'm just like, I guess I'll just go to school, you know, if I don't, if I don't really hear much from football. And um, amazingly, uh, get involved with Brian Jackson, um, get a video out there. Um, and just a little bit before that, um, I had my head coach at uh, high school get me a little, uh, you know, face-to-face -face time with the Sac State uh, football coach who was really hesitant to kind of bring me in. Um, definitely didn't think I was scholarship worthy, um, you know, uh, but he definitely did offer that walk-on and was like, hey, we'd love to have you walk on. So I'm like, okay, this is like, this is really huge for me. You know, they're a D1 program. Um, 
didn't really have anything going for myself. I got in there academically. Everything was kind of lining up. So I left that weekend, you know, feeling great about, about everything. And this is in the summertime. So this is really close to, you know, the first fall of my, of my college career. And uh, we get in a little deeper into the summer. I go to Brian's camp, um, do really well, get that video out there. And then some time passes and I get a notification from the Sac State football team letting me know like, hey, um, we're going to have to go ahead and bring you, bring you in for spring. They didn't want me to come in for fall camp. And I kind of sat there and was like, you know, and they, and they even told me like, that's, that's not going to be for sure. Like, you know, um, we have a lot of guys we're bringing in. So um, essentially, I kind of felt like I was a little lost in my recruitment process, you know, I had an opportunity and then it was kind of gone within a matter, matter of weeks, you know, and um, I'm kind of sitting here just right before the fall season starts. And I don't, you know, I have, I have nothing going for myself, you know, and I'm, I'm debating whether or not I'm just going to go to Fresno state and go to school and, and, you know, be a student and, um, you know, find a path the other way. Um, but, you know, I just kind of kept the faith, kept going to these camps, ended up, uh, getting introduced to sailor camps when competed with those guys. Um, and I had another, another connection from my high school, um, went out on a limb and, uh, had a contact at San Jose state. And, um, I ended up getting in contact with their special teams coach. And right away, you know, I got on the phone and I was like, Hey coach, um, I'm going to like, let me come kick for you. Granted, this is probably, it was probably illegal back then to be able, you know, to do like a private workout like that and then have them offer me some kind of, you know, scholarship or walk on or anything like that. Um, but it was really cool, man. I got to, I got to meet up with the coach. He said, all right, come up San Jose. I'll meet you at so-and-so high school and the, you know, whatever. And we went out there, hopped the fence at a local high school in San Jose. It was about a hundred degrees and it's amazing, man. My mom was out there shagging footballs in hundred degree weather for me you know, while I'm out here working out for this coach and uh, did really well, did really well. You know, the coach was, was really, you know, pleased with my performance. He offered me that walk on position and everything just kind of started to fall into place, man. Um, you know, he definitely sat there and, and told my mom and I that we're going to remember that day forever because that was, you know, that's my one opportunity that I had. You know, that we're going to remember this day of, of her shagging footballs in 100 degree weather. You know, that dedication that we had and, you know, the timing was just perfect for us. And um, so I come in, uh, ended up gray shirting freshman year. So that's when I started doing all the fraternity stuff, you know, really got that freshman experience um, and what have you. Um, came out in the spring uh was battling two other punters that were already there and uh did pretty well and then coming into fall camp no one really had the job it was still pretty much open um and we battled we battled all all camp that's i mean that's something that i can definitely share is that you know don't get don't get comfortable when when you're a walk-on or even if you're a scholarship guy thinking that you're going to come in and take the job like you definitely got to go in there with a the mindset that everyone's there trying to take the job. Everyone's trying to compete. So every single day you got to go out there and perform. And even though there were times where I, I said, you know, I have this job, like this is me, you know, I'm running with the ones all camp. 
um, they still never gave me that opportunity to say, you're the starter. And that really didn't come until I'd say the week of the first game of week one. They told us, you know, in, in meetings, um, you know, they held that from me for a whole year. I was out there grinding, walk on, you know, don't even know what's going on. You're just out there competing. They, you know, and they finally said, hey, you're going to you're going to be our starter for week one. And I just remember being super excited. You know, I literally just came from nothing and I and I made an opportunity for myself. And it was just a really awesome feeling to to see it pay off. And now it's like, okay, it's go time. And, um, you know, my freshman year wasn't outstanding. Exactly. Um, before you get barely into, average, before you barely get average. The, the whole uh, Auburn story, because I, I know. Oh, goodness. I, hey, hey, wait, before we get all into all that, I do have to say, man, I love that part of like you were, that was your senior summer, right? Going into fall and you had no clue where you were going to go, right? Nope. Like to me, that is so cool. Because it gives, you know, it's like for kids now even, like there's some guys, who knows what's going on, right? Personally with all this COVID stuff, you know, mm -hmm. where they're going to end up playing in the fall. It just shows how you were committed to just going out there every day. You didn't know where you would land, you know, but you were working your butt off to get to that point. I think that is really cool. And the other thing for me too that I'm starting to realize as a coach now is like, how do I judge these specialists just not off their film, but their want to, their desire, you know? That mentality for sure. Like, right. Just got to have the maturity like that, that you, you know, you know, you got to know what you want. Like if you, if you want to be an elite college specialist and you want a coach to be recruiting you, like you got to definitely show it in your actions and, and the way you handle yourself and you go about your business. So if you're not getting ready for the season, you know, you're in the summer and you're, you're going out to the beach every day and you're not, you know, you're just not being about your business. It's going to catch up with you. And you're going to be sitting there wondering why you're in the position you are. Right. You and know, sometimes that, to, yeah. yeah. And sometimes that's hard for coaches to judge, you know, when right now all we see is, is Twitter and stuff. And, you know, obviously, and I'm not here to call it the Sac State coach by any means, but, you know, he didn't know from the film, uh, that you were eventually going to be a Ray Guy finalist, you know, a scholarship starter, you know. So that's something uh, that's very interesting. And I have to keep in mind, too, because I was the same way. My high school film was average at best. You know, I didn't wow anybody, but it was that desire, that kicking in any conditions, whether it's 105 degrees or it's snow on the ground, uh, that want to, you know, push yourself and be the best that you can be. All right. Sorry. Let's go back to your freshman year. You had uh, a little bit of a rough season, didn't you? It, it was definitely rough, man. Uh, we, I had a good first game, good first game. Um, but my second career game ended up being at number five Auburn. Um, really great experience, you know, for someone who's young and, you know, just getting their you know, feet wet in the, in the college athletic world. And, man, um, I think they had just come off that season where they took the field goal to the house against Alabama where they kicked it short and he just took it like a hundred yards. Big six game. And then uh, it's, I just remember that feeling of them playing that video on the, on the big screen. And this is like, they're playing like this minute video right before their whole team runs out. So they're doing that video and it, the crowd's kind of going crazy and they shoot off the guns and the team runs out and you're just sitting there, San Jose State on the, you know, whatever, first, second game, 
of your career and you're just like wow like this is this is it it's kind of chilling it's it's you know you're getting nervous you know you just gotta have that mentality that you know you gotta go out there and do your job man it's that was something that I had to grow you know into and everyone has to go through that you know um it was just really great experience but you know getting into the game uh definitely had some hiccups there um I hit a few good punts um but I just remember being backed up backed up in my own end zone um we're losing pretty bad uh they snap it back and I end up muffing the punt so I muff the snap um I'm running forward I grab it I juke a guy and then I get grabbed and wrangled by about three other guys and the ball goes flying um, the crowd's going crazy. Luckily, they didn't score off of that. But, you know, um, it was one of those moments where I was like, man, if I do this again, I lose my job. Like, this is a spot that I put myself in where it's like, okay, like, that was your one time to make a mistake. Gotta, gotta, you know, regroup and, you know, be the guy that you're supposed to be. Like, I, I felt as a walk-on that I didn't have second chances I had my one chance and I knew that they could cut me the next day because that's how they did things back then they were they cut guys when it was time when it was their time to go and I just remember being always being on my toes all season like I was punting I was going out there and I was like you know what you got to get the job done because if you don't you know it's 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 game over for you so um being able to to get past that all freshman year, like I said, fairly average season. Um, I came back that next off season with a vengeance, man. I definitely um, put in the work and started to really change the way I did things. Um, you know, I wasn't that high school punter anymore. Um, started to, you know, be a weight room guy. Started to really study film. Started to really, um, you know, perfect that craft. Um, even though I thought that I had made it, that all changed once I realized, you know, what I've gotten myself into and where I need to be compared to other, you know, other guys in the league. And uh, it was really awesome to be able to take that off season and to just feel kind of disappointed in, in my, my fairly average freshman year. Like, you know, at first I was like, oh, man, I'm a true freshman. Like, you know, I, like I made it like I'm good doing my thing, but I just was really just not satisfied with, um, the way I did. So, um, I really just, you know, got in there, like I said, with the weight room, the strength coaches were my best friends, always in the training room, taking care of my body. Like I came in, I don't even know. I was like, like close to like 240 pounds coming in as a freshman, like just out of shape, like able to punt, but just not an elite athlete, not really taking care of my body. And um, coming back that next year, I think that was like my main focus was, you know, get get rid of that tire around my waist and, you know, just go to work and, and really invest in myself. And um, I really saw a huge change from that fall to the spring, like just right away, like right away. Yeah. So, so right there. And, you know, we kind of paralleled ourselves in our careers. I think was it 2014? Was that the year your freshman year? Yeah, 2014. Okay. So we had the same freshman year. I ended up going to Division Two in Pennsylvania, and I'm looking at the NCA stats, right? And I am by far one of the worst punters in the nation. And I'm like, man, 
I wonder how Mac's doing. So I go look at the NCAA stats. Mac, one of the worst punters in the nation at the you know FBS level. But that next year, man, you improved almost nine yards, and it it just shows because of your commitment, you know, in the weight room and preparation. That's what it really takes to have success. I improved too. It wasn't any nine yards, okay? But you know, you really turned the corner. That was your freaking game breaking season, right? Yeah. And it was almost surreal too, like, cause I wasn't, ex not that I wasn't expecting to improve cause we always, you know, drive to improve. Right. But it just kind of came really fast. Like I had, um, going into that sophomore season, um, I had a fairly average good game, first game, um, probably like 45 yard average, pretty good. Then we went over to air force you know, you get that elevation, whatever you name it. And I ended up getting, I had like six punts, six or eight punts for about a 55 yard average. And I have, you know, my older teammates like uh, Austin Lopez, he was the kicker for us. And he was uh, more of a vet um, on his way out. And he really, like, I didn't even understand rankings. I didn't understand average. I did not understand, um, you know, stats in general for punting. Like, I just really did not understand that coming in to college. Like, I didn't know how much that really mattered. Not that it matters, you know, the most, but I didn't really understand how they kept track of who are the best guys out there, right? And he's telling me, you know, you're going to get national awards. You're going to get, you know, recognition for doing well this week. Like, and I'm just sitting there like, what do you mean? Like, what does that, like, what does that mean? I don't know what you mean and um started pouring in brian you know brian jackson shouted me out he's like you know i think i was up there with will lutz and a couple other guys and he was like hey congrats to the top three you know top three guys in the nation right now um you know hopefully they continue to do well this season and i'm just kind of looking at that like wow like top three in the nation like like that that was something that i didn't truly take in or understand at the moment um but I kind of fed off of it and my teammates fed off of it and my coaches really everyone kind of really just uplifted me um and I think that as a team we really had we really had that great um drive and passion I was with two seniors that year my snapper was a senior uh the kicker was a senior so all of us were all of us were really trying to have like the season of our lives. Not that you're not always trying to do that, but um, kind of once I put myself in that position, um, it was just like all gas, no breaks. Like I kind of felt, um, you know, I got to do this every week. Like I got I got to do this every week, and I wasn't satisfied with an average game at that point. Like I felt like once I got and reached that point. Um, I had to help, you know, hold myself accountable at that point. And it was nice to have teammates support that and, you know, started to really understand how much a punter can do for a game, how much a kicker can really help a team win. Like it, it's, it's really another phase of the game that's overlooked. And um, I felt like I had to take a responsibility on myself to help my team win at that point, because I didn't understand that in the beginning. I didn't understand that, um, you know, we, we could change the game in one punt, one, one kick. Yeah, and that's what uh, I think 
specialists start to learn is that, you know, they talk, take responsibility for your actions. You raise that standard, right? And now you have a higher standard. That's another way you can help yourself uh, improve. Okay. So, you know, and I don't mean to speed through your four years, oh, no, it's good. but you know, you had crazy success that year and we will go back to your sophomore season. You talked about Auburn. You talked about the failure you went through there, you know, how did you handle that? I'm sure your coaches got on you. And how did you grow in your career and realize how to handle failure? Definitely. Um, I can tell you that that Sunday meeting room was not great. Uh, it's definitely embarrassing to have the whole team watch you drop a snap in a game and, and totally just lose it, you know, in the heat of the moment. But, um, you know, the coaches were definitely on me. Like, it was definitely a serious matter. Um, at that point, you know, I had coaches making comments like, you know, if you, if that happens again, you're going to be on the front page of the paper. Like they're going to, you know, have that all up. And it's like, I kind of felt like at that point I was like, man, that like, I'm embarrassed about that. Like, that's not, that's not me as an athlete. That's not a representation of all the work I put in. And, um, I just started to really detail everything from catching the snap to my steps, like everything. And um, I feel like that was a really big pivotal, pivotal moment in my uh, success was, you know, just really trying to perfect that craft. I was out there catching snaps in the jug every single day before practice. Like that's something that I like to do when I'm, you know, out at practice is have that jugs machine going and just get like a hundred snaps, um, you know, and just really building that relationship with the snapper, like out there. Like, I mean, it was just not a good, uh, not a good feeling to to have that failure and you know be put up on a pedestal like that where everyone sees what you're doing and it's like man I got to get myself right you know you you don't want to you don't want to have that feeling anymore and um, it's really for the better of the team you know um, I think it I think it would be kind of selfish not to not to you know put that effort in. Um, to perfect your craft at, the, at that point if you're you're in college and you're playing for a you know a college team uh, you know this isn't high school anymore you know you got to be out there um, dedicated to what you're doing I mean you you don't see a quarterback just you know going out throwing a couple passes and they're done at practice no they you get that drill work in you know they, they're perfecting their craft and uh, we got to treat a specialist the same what was, um, you know, you, you brought it up, so, and I want to talk about it eventually. What were, uh, you said you worked on your hands, you did 100 drops a day, you know, what were some common errors you struggled with when you were younger as a punter, and then how did you fix them, or what drills did you work on? Um, definitely having that confidence of catching the snap. I can watch film from my freshman and some of my sophomore year where I would almost catch the ball like this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever catch it underhand. I feel like that was a huge change for me catching it underhand um, and building that confidence on the, on the jugs machine. Like I had, you know, I had my, my teammates snapping the ball at me. I'd, I'd work on catching it over here, left, right, whatever, down low, um, you know, making my hands faster so that, you know, the, the least things that you have to worry about. So that's just second nature, you know, you want to, um, make sure that it's, it's rhythmic, you know, you want to be athletic with it. Um, I felt like I was really tense and was really worried about catching that after that Arbor game, man, all I would worry about was catching that snap, catch that snap. Wasn't even worried about the punt at that point. Um, you know, and that, 
that's something that's that's not good. I mean, that's a young player's mentality. You know, that's something I shouldn't even worry about at this level, you know. Um, so definitely doing that drill work um, was very important. Um, a lot of my practices, I would use cones to set up targeting. Um, so staying on my path, staying on my line, um, definitely always have a target every single time that I punt. Um, you know, understanding the way my ball fades, if it fades a little bit to the right, that's kind of my best punt kind of fades a little bit to the right. So I, I know that I need to line up here or here or here. So I feel like definitely doing those line drills were highly important. Um, you know, ball drop, um, very important. That's something that I've perfected and that I work on every day. That's a, that's a part of my routine all the time. Um, and then really working on that explosiveness too, flexibility and, ex and explosiveness. Um, I feel like, you know, you can have a strong leg, but if you're not flexible and you're not getting that leg up there, um, you know, that's where your hang time is, is suffering. You know, you definitely want to get flexible, take care of your body. Um, really, really started focusing on stretching. Um, different yoga movements are nice. Um, but overall, just getting that flexibility so that you can get up and through the ball. Um, and, you know, I had a great coach who, who, you know, taught me the technique that I needed to know. And um, that's pretty much it, man. I just, just definitely explosiveness. A lot of those workouts where you're, you know, medicine ball, throwing the ball up, really getting the hips through. Um, definitely a lot of that. Plyometrics are good too, mm -hmm. you know, going off that one leg. A lot of stuff like that. Yeah, there, there's some really good stuff in there. And I like that you talked about the hands. Talk to me a little bit more in depth about your directional punt. So if you are hitting a directional right from the middle of the field, what would you choose as your aiming point and, and how does your ball fade? Yeah, depending on environment, um, you know, obviously you want to get comfortable in your own stadium. Um, so if that's picking a, a something like a sponsor sign down at the end of the end zone or looking in the end zone at the, the letters, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to punt for that S in Spartans. So, um, you know, you kind of have that visual and it's almost like a tunnel, right? I kind of, every time I get up, I kind of look and I have my tunnel. It's, it's almost like tunnel vision. That's where I'm going. And then you kind of just let it go. Like you got to go through your routine. You can't focus on that too much, but you just got to have a, a general sense of, of where you're walking and you want to stay on that line. Um, I can even follow it all the way down to about five, 10 yards in front of me, if that's easier for younger guys to do. Um, so they're not really worried about looking up or, or having other things come about. Um, so that's like, you know, follow your line all the way down. So maybe you're looking at your up back or you're looking at your tight end that's in your, in your pocket um, and going right at, right at their, at their left hip or, or whatever it is, um, you know, definitely want to follow that line. Um, and always, I think you should always have a target wherever you're punting. Um, if not, you're kind of, I had a tendency as a younger punter to kind of snake my, uh, my, uh, directional punts because I wouldn't be confident in my line. So, um, I definitely dialed that down to have that routine. Every time I come do directional punting is, is pick your target, whether that's 10 yards in front of you or, or down, you know, looking at the stands or, you know, there's a there's an entrance into the stands and it's a big hole in the stadium and that's, that's your line, you know, you pick it. 
So that's, that's kind of how I did every single punt. And it kind of got my mind off of the crowd. It got my mind off of the snap. It kind of got my mind off of the other team. You know, I picked my target. That's all I focused on. Took that deep breath and just had confidence in it. Man, I love that. I love, I've, I've never heard of thinking of, you know, the S or, or an up back. That's good stuff. Like for me, I would choose like a pylon, you know, normally if I hit a good right directional, it'll fade out. So maybe I'm trying to aim for a pylon or something 40 yards down the field to the right. Yep. Those are great examples. I know for me, a left directional, you know, and, and most punters, if they hit a good ball, it's going to turn back out. So that angle might have to be a little more towards the sideline definitely come back in correct yeah definitely got to have that confidence in that left in that left punt um you just got to know your ball you know what's your consistent ball that you're hitting and if you're if your best punt is fading to the left or to the right you got to gauge it you know just like a like you're a kicker and you're gauging the wind in a field goal right you got to gauge where that ball's going to end up and have confidence in your technique and um yeah that that going to the left you got to have that harder angle um, so that could be, you know, aiming 20 yards closer mm-hmm. and over towards the sideline. So it may look like you're going to punt it out of bounds, but it'll fade right in. It'll fade right in. That's trust, man. That's big trust. Yeah. It's funny you said that about knowing your best punt because Brett Kern was on the fourth down experience with Brian Jackson, which you've been on before. And it's a great podcast. You guys should take a listen if you haven't. But he was talking about his best ball and having one ball that he knows you know, if it's fourth quarter, five minutes left, he's he can put this ball 45 to 50 yards out of bounds in a trash can. I think young guys get so, you know, like, oh, I got to learn all these different punts. Have like one or two reliable balls that you know you can hit in any situation, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you definitely want to get consistent, um, you know, find find what that ball is for you. And the only way you're going to do that is going out there and doing it. You know, um, I think I have that ball, but I mean, every punt for me is really explosive. So I try not to have different balls. I try to hit my ball that I need to hit and get the job done because I know where I need to be. So um, I try not to let up or put too much into it. I kind of just try and just be be consistent with what I do. That's awesome. That's an awesome. Every punt is different. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, so go back a little bit to your uh, your Ray Guy final season, which was your sophomore season. Talk to me about the you know the ceremonies. That's a pretty cool experience that you got to participate in with all those All Americans. Talk to me for a little bit about that. Oh, definitely. Um, so, like I said, really, really started off the season um, on a high note, and really fed off of that. Um, ended up doing really well. Uh, first team All Conference. And was really surprised with that, really happy with that. Um, But then it started to come in a little bit more. You know, I started getting a lot more recognition, um, you know, outside of the conference. And um, I got the opportunity to um, go to the Ray Guy Award finalist award show, which was really great in um, Georgia at the College Football Hall of Fame. Man, that was a great experience. If you've ever been there or visited, you guys should go check it out. What you know, if you guys are in uh, downtown Atlanta, um, really great experience to be in there. Yeah, I got to go there uh, when we played Georgia State. Uh, yeah, my junior. Year. And did you go kick a field goal? Did you kick a? Uh... 
they had it all set up for the, the show. So they had seats everywhere. I really wanted to. I was like, dude, this is crazy. They got this whole setup in here. You can just come in and kick field goals. It was awesome. I hit a line drive. Yeah. So it's <laughs> no, that was definitely awesome, man. And, and seeing all the memorabilia, um, just, you know, being a college football fan, if you, if you enjoy college football as a fan and the history of schools and all that other stuff, man, that is a really unique place to be. Um, but I just remember getting there and uh, not really understanding what type of event this really was and like how how big this was I had never watched a college football award show before I had never you know I, I knew that there was like Heisman um, Heisman award shows stuff like that but just being being in the presence of all these other guys who um, on their way to the league you know Christian McCaffrey Deshaun Watson you know all these big names um, you know, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, everyone, everyone's there. And I'm just kind of like sitting there like, wow, like I'm in this position right now. Like really amazing, really, really life-changing. Um, and I think that was kind of the moment for me where I personally felt like I could make it to the, to the NFL. Like that was, that was literally the moment where I was like, okay, like I'm going to really just put my life into this at this point, you know? Um, because I felt like once I got there, I mean, like there's nothing to lose. Like I, I've been in this position. I'm a sophomore in college. I have a couple more years to prove myself and I can really do this thing. So, um, you know, piggybacking off of the, off of that event, I think it just kind of sprung my whole, just my whole career kind of sprung off of that. Um, later that year, I also was able to be named an All-American. And that was also something very humbling, very, very great experience. They flew us out to the universe or Yale University in Connecticut, beautiful place. It was really cold though, snowing. Um, but we got to go over there and same thing, just being around, you know, Heisman guys and, and um, you know, so many legends, Morton Anderson, you know, all these great people who are in this community of all American, you know, Walter Camp, all Americans. And they have this great award show that we were there. Um, really nice dinner. Um, you know, they provided us with tuxedos. I never worn a tuxedo before in my life. Like it was just, yeah, suited up, man. And what was you know, uh, what was what was one of your favorite uh, conversations with any of the players that you met there that are in the league? Was there anything that was cool that you you know even if it was something small? Oh man, um, or was it cool to just meet anyone and and you know the personalities of any of the guys that you met there? Yeah, definitely. You know, I got to see Eddie George kind of walking down the sidewalk as I was leaving the hotel. And I, I bothered him for a picture. Um, but I can just remember, you know, the feeling of um, just being in the presence of these guys and being accepted as someone, you know, who had a lot of success. And, um, you know, having that recognized, but also just being able to sit there and um, just, be, just be around those guys, listen to their conversations. Um, Morton Anderson had a lot to offer, um, you know, definitely a humbling experience um you know da i think daniel carlson was there with me funny how that worked out too um 
Jake Elliott. Um, I think those are, oh, Kaimi Fairburn. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it was a really full circle kind of thing. I mean, we just talked about Daniel being at the camp down in, two, what, 2012. And here we are four years later, you know, three years later, um, young guys just doing really well, doing what we, we thought we could do. And just being being there, um, you know, with all those guys, I mean, it was it was incredible. Um, but I can't really – I think it was all just like – I was in awe of everything. Like I was, you know, I was, I was still a quiet, very introverted person back then. So didn't really go up to too many people, but I just respected the fact that I was there, respected just, you know, the experience, really just try to take everything in. And, again, this is someone who was, you know, gray-shirted, you know, and, and didn't really have, you know, you, you didn't get a full ride out of high school, but all of a sudden you find yourself two, three years later uh, as a Ray Guy finalist. All right, so boom, you have, and, and let, let this be clear too, you might not have received the same awards your junior and senior season, but I mean, you still killed it both those years. I mean, you had, you averaged 44 yards a punt in your career. And that first season you were sitting about 38.9. So it just shows how well you did over those last couple of seasons. Now you go after, all right. Uh, you, I saw in an uh, interview you did in 2018 that you said you talked to about 15 different teams. Tell me real quick what that was about and, and what questions did they ask you when you were getting ready to enter the league? Yeah. So, um, I mean, coming out of my senior year, um, I, you know, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of hopes for, um, you know, getting that chance, getting that opportunity to at least go into camp, do something. Um, got a great opportunity to go to the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, playing the senior game. Like that was huge for me. Really got a lot of exposure down there in LA. Um, I mean, that, that experience alone was, was a great time for me to get FaceTime with these coaches and scouts. Um, it was nice of them to, to be there in the hotel with us so that we could actually have those sit-down talks. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, them just trying to see what kind of person you are um, because they obviously know what you can do on the field. But I feel like, you know, having that, having that edge over other people is going to be your mentality, the type of person you are, you know, is he going to be a good locker room guy, good leader, you know, someone that they want on their team as a professional athlete and, you know, someone that's a face of their organization. Um, and I may not have really understood that when I first got there, when I was there. Um, but I definitely feel that way now. Um, so I think that just having that level of maturity, um, and, uh, growing from those experiences was nice. Um, but I mean, it was highly anticipated going into draft day. I was like, I was, you know, having anxiety about it, just, you know, um, you name it, man. Um, but I was definitely receiving a lot of, you know, calls from scouts and, and, and teams, um, you know, week, week and a half prior to the draft, just making sure my information, you know, basic stuff, just making sure my information's correct. Um, you know, wishing me luck in the draft and, you know, you're sitting, when I'm sitting there and I'm getting all these calls, I'm like, man, I really had this opportunity. And I, I really feel like, you know, someone's going to give me my opportunity and um, just high stress though. I mean, I can't even tell you the feeling. I mean, you went through it too, but just the feeling of, um, you know, waiting for that call, you know, you, it's just out of your control at that point. 
is, and there and there's nothing you can do about it. But you did get that shot with the Browns. Tell me about uh, your stint there and, and what you learned when you were with the Browns. Yeah, um, signed as an undrafted free agent. Uh, was really excited to get out there. I think they had uh, Britton Colquitt out there, um, and then I and then I had come in to compete. Um, I think I did really well. Um, it was really nice organization, um, really nice facilities out there. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know what to say too much about it, except, you know, it, it is a business. Um, so you just got to go out there and compete, you know, and, and be the pro, be the pro that you need to be. Um, learning from that experience was definitely, um, you know, can't take it as a failure, you know, even though I was, you know, um, cut, so to say, you know, I, I still have hopes of, of getting re-signed because I know what I'm capable of. I know, you know, that this many other teams were interested. So I just feel, you know, I couldn't let that dream, you know, just go to waste after everything that I've worked for. So um, getting over that mental hump uh, was hard in the beginning, of course, um, never being cut from a team in my life or, you know, just at one point, you know, you're at a point where you don't have any control over what team you can go to. It's not like, you know, there's other hundred other teams that I can go to. Um, you know, th this is it. You're, you're a pro at this point, you know, there's 32 spots out there and it's, it's dog eat dog out there for sure. And, um, just getting over that mental hump was huge, you know, n not feeling sorry for yourself, um, but rather using it as fuel and, and going to work and, um, you know, trusting that it'll work out. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, you still are. You've still been killing it. I mean, I'm seeing the videos. You're hitting huge directional balls, you know, 5.0s and just absolutely crushing it, man. Um, so, you know, I want to, since we're already talking about punting now, I, I want to talk to you about it. And you've worked out with John Carney, um, who's done some great stuff with specialists. What do you see that separates, you know, your, your pretty good college punters, or your average NFL punters from the top guys in the league, what, what punting wise, what separates those, those big time guys? Um, from what I've seen, um, I think just how you go about your business, you know, are you, are you practicing like a pro? Are you going to the weight room? Are you taking care of your body? Are you, you know, working on those little things, filming yourself out there, making sure you're, you're correcting the things. Like if you have, few bad punts that day film yourself make sure you see what you're doing wrong get a second opinion get in the community of you know down there with John Carney and and all these other guys who are going through there um reach out to people like reach out to to the guys who are on teams who are who are who are doing it right now get their opinion because you know they're 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 there they're you know they've they are continuously doing all of those things um, and then, you know, being consistent, I think that um, you talked about earlier hitting those different balls to, you know, game situational balls or, or whatever it is. So if you're at a combine down at Zoners or you're at a workout, um, I think just being the consistent punter that you are, whatever, whatever punter that is, I think that you just need to work on, um, you know, yourself and not let up and not, you know, try and switch it around for for whatever reason I think that you should just stay true to your technique stay true to what works for you um but be coachable for sure 
um, that's something that you, you, de you know, definitely, um, something that I've always taken to heart is, you know, being an athlete all your life, you're, you're coached up all the time. So I feel like taking that coaching and taking that, that criticism from, from other guys and, and from other coaches, like you really got to take that to heart because, you know, everyone's just trying to uplift you and help you at the end of the day. So getting rid of that stubbornness and, uh, more listening is definitely key. Yeah, as a specialist, that can be hard to do, right? Because you, right. really, you really want to be, you know, I know my form, I know my this. What, and you brought up film, too. That was something I want to ask you about. What do you look for on your film? What do you, what do you look for on your punt? You know, is there, is there a few things that you like to focus on? Um, yeah, definitely something that I've seen is my, you know, my drop. I think that sometimes I have a tendency to go high. So um, sometimes when I feel inconsistent, I go and check, is my, is my drop high? Am I doing something different? Um, so I check on that all the time. Um, and I also really focus on my, uh, my pressing, locking out my leg all the way through the punt. Um, I make sure that my foot is not flipping up and that it's, you know, pressed all the way through my punt. That's something that I look for on my film. Like, ah, no wonder, you know, it went off the side of my foot. I'm over here flipping my foot and the drop could have been something there too, nose up, something like that. Um, and I also really have focused on my steps. Um, I feel like I was really long in college um, and that's something that I've had to work on, you know, getting that ball out faster um, and taking shorter steps, um, you know, cause you know, the NFL speed is gonna be, you know, 20 times what it is in college and college is 20 times what it is in high school. So um, I feel like there's no room for mistakes at the at, at the NFL level you got to make sure that your you know your steps are shorter and uh consistent so you know um I have a tendency to get long so that's something I look for in my film is making sure that um I'm still taking my casual steps and not um elongating that and you know lunging for the ball and and uh you know getting that consistent punt that I need Man, those are three really good things that, you know, I'm always looking for what should I be viewing in, you know, in my film or in my specialist film. Those are three really good ones. And you talked about steps too. Uh, do you measure, I, I know, you know, there's general, everyone's body's different. Do you measure out your steps at all? Um, I definitely know that if I'm like four yards mm -hmm. at, at the point of punting, that's, that's pretty long. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I definitely try and, eliminate that jab because sometimes I have that first jab step that gets a little too long I feel like I need that jab in my technique the way I do things so really focusing on that short first step and then a casual step and then in, to an explosive punt so it's not really uh I'm not necessarily counting my yards um but I know that if I have that short first step and I'm not lunging for my second step. I'm making it more casual, still downfield and athletic, but um, more casual and not lunging at, at your, you know, you don't need to go forward to go, you know, to get that distance or whatever you're, you're getting for. Sometimes I have a tendency to um, have that momentum go forward too much. And instead of going up into the punt, I kind of go into the punt and that kind of, you know, throws me off a little bit. So um, I definitely try and work on just being explosive, almost like you're, you're going to hit a wall, right? You're doing your steps and you're going to hit a wall and then you go right up. 
you just go right up into a shoot and you keep that compactness. That's, that's when I hit my best punts. You know, it's funny. I remember you telling me about this too. When I would go into warmups for games and, and this is what personally worked for me. Um, I would have a couple mental or verbal cues that I would tell myself and I'd even go into a game, you know, like, all right, you know, catch the ball in front, uh, you know, no movement on my drop and ankle lock. And then I'd go into pregame and I'd see which ones I kind of cycle them in my head and see which one worked the best for me. The other thing that I remember you told me about is after you hit, you know, your, you warm up, you hit your one steps and, and you do your drops and then you do some punt passes. Something you would focus on is try to hit a ball, you know, as high as you can for 20 yards. You remember me telling, are you saying that? Yeah, that yeah. was something good that I'd focus on too. I think that's really good because at the end of the day, if you, if you're, this is what my coach has been teaching me and it really works because it gets the, the mental right. Um, where you're thinking, okay, obviously we all can punt 30 yards. If you're in the NFL, if you're in college, you should be able to hit a punt 30 yards. So if you're trying to hit a punt 30 yards and you're trying to get that five Oh, you're swinging up. You're not, you're not trying to get that distance. So I feel like every time I do that, um, it really helps me with my hang time because when I get that hang time, it at least travels 40, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna, it's gonna travel that much. Um, and I feel like, uh, for me, that's a really good drill to focus on for, uh, having that consistent hang time, but just trusting that that ball is going to go at least 40, 50 yards if you hit it right. Right. Cause your, your best ball is going to, your hang time is going to match your distance, right? Yeah. So especially if you're turning it over, I mean, obviously the goal is to turn the ball over. So, um, getting it up in the air right away and just shooting it off like a cannon. I mean, I think that's, that's the best way to do it. Like, I, I mean, um, once I started doing that drill, uh, my hang time started going up significantly. Oh, that's really, and then really, and then you're focusing on technique because you're not trying to hit a 60 yard ball, mm-hmm. you know, um, you should be focusing on technique no matter what, but I think that it's, it takes that stress off. You're like, Oh, I only need to hit a 30 yard punt. So let me just make sure I get that. I press my foot and get through the ball um, make sure my technique is on point um, and be explosive because you're trying to get that hang time and, and you'd be surprised. I'm sure you saw it when you, when you started doing it yourself that, you know, you, you're going to get that ball turned over with that great hang time and it's going to travel. It'll travel. It'll get that, it'll get that yardage you need. No doubt, man. That's a, that's a really good drill that I like to use. And I'm glad you told me about that. What did you, I know you've been, and we talked about Marquette earlier. What have you learned from him? I know you guys have worked out. That's not your first time working out. You guys worked out together uh, for a while. Yeah, man. He's, um, he's someone that, you know, his, his technique is pretty unique too. Um, but you can see in all his pictures and, and videos that he has on YouTube, just his explosiveness. Um, I think that he's a really good guy that goes downhill, but then does that thing like I talked about with the wall. He just goes downhill, but then it goes right up. And it's not a it's not an into it punt. It's man, he just gets that explosiveness um, going straight up into the ball, and that's where he gets his ting time. And he really focuses on locking that leg out, and um, you know all that good stuff. I, I admire his drop because he has a lower drop than I do. It's really consistent, too. Um, he does his a little bit differently, but, um, you know, I, I see his consistency. 
So I feel like that's something that I, I try to, you know, feed off of as, you know, be the punter that I am, but just make sure it's consistent. And, um, you know, he hits pretty much the same ball every time. Um, he did pretty good yesterday. We, we were definitely competing. Um, video coming soon, I think. <laughs> that's we'll right, see. man. We'll be ready for that drop, man. I'm, I'm excited. And, yeah, anytime you can push yourself against someone who is like an ex-all-pro. I mean, All-pro, man. I mean, just to be able to see, you know, his work ethic, watch his warm-up, you know, um, he really doesn't do too much, um, but he, you know, he goes out there and he, he gets the job done. And, and um, I just really like his competitive edge, um, you know, and just, just trying to learn from how he does his steps, how he, you know, if we're going to the right, how does he line up? You know, he does things differently than I do, um, but we both get the job done. So it's, right. it's really unique. There's no one way, right? Like yeah. you were saying before, there's no one way for specialists. Uh, mm -hmm. to be taught there's a general there's a general guideline you can follow but that's that's pretty good all right some great punting stuff I want to switch gears real quick with kickoffs because I mean the one thing that always impressed me about you was one your flexibility for a bigger guy but I mean you absolutely killed kickoffs talk to me and this might come from coach Salcedo um, about how you found your steps I mean what what were your steps and how did you find your steps um, at first I think I did like five and two over in high school, something simple. Um, just kind of run at the ball, make sure I get that contact. Um, I was still getting it to the goal line, but I wasn't really elite in, call in high school with that. Um, once I got into college, um, I started, you know, really focusing on that, working with Brian, um, you know, going to that camp. He did this really cool drill that I, um, that I did at first. Um, to start understanding, like, being having an athletic approach but not, you know, sprinting at the ball was, you know, be casual, kind of do a – walk a couple steps and then slight – kind of slight jog, staying tall. Um, and then at some point when you feel comfortable, when you've built up that momentum, you hit your swing. And you can kind of see, um, you know, you put, the, you put the tee, you know, 10 yards away from you, whatever it is, um, just kind of go at the tee, like with a diagonal angle, um, kind of like how you would be for kickoff and just kind of um, make it casual. You want to be comfortable with your steps. Um, you don't want to be, you know, elongating yourself. You don't want to be, um, you know, choppy when you get to the ball and you're, you know, you do that kind of stutter step. Um, I feel like that was something that I used um, initially uh, was just finding how far do I need to be from the tee to get that to get that right timing for me to to swing through the ball comfortably without doing those choppy steps without you know getting long and lunging at the ball um, and then also once I did that I kind of taped it up and then I went back and I said okay I got to go back this far so that meant what nine yards and then I had to go over you know over to the left it was like four yards so I did like a nine and four um which became really consistent and i think just working on it um you know it's it's kickoff is not the easiest you know starting out um i definitely took a few spills um you know running up to the ball too fast and and your angle of your plant foot coming in and just taking that spill you know you're 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 learning to control your body it's a very violent movement um trying to do a kickoff so i feel like 
just you got to consistently work on what's comfortable for your body. Um, but uh, Coach Sacedo um, definitely taught me, um, you know, the good contact, which is, you know, where your where your plant foot needs to be. For me, toe even with the ball um, on the plant foot, probably about a foot away, nothing too crazy. But because you, you still want to be you still want to be compact when you're kicking the ball, almost like a field goal. But, you know, having that toe lined up with the with the ball gives you um, the opportunity to hit the ball in your upswing rather, rather than, you know, hitting the topping the ball or, or getting too under it. Um, so that's kind of where I found my my groove there. Um, definitely the counter arm is very important like i said very violent movement so getting that getting that counter arm and your shoulders you know to the sideline um at contact locking out and then um have you heard of the the hurdle hurdle stuff the hurdle drill stuff i think that's really important you know getting that getting that um kicking leg through you know uh following through is very important and it's like a it's like a it's like a through and up and you're almost hurtling because you want to land on that kicking leg. Um, and it's, it's a really, it's a really, I mean, everyone does it differently, but I mean, that's, that's honestly the best thing that I've done is, is having that counter arm and then following through with that hurdle um, really gets that explosive, you know, hang time, distance, all that good stuff. Um, you know, you don't want to punch the ball. You know, you don't want to scoop it. There's, there's a lot of, uh, lot of room for error there. Um, coming in too fast. It's, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I know I shoot. I love those points you brought up, man. And especially obviously your hurdle is huge. What I've heard is really keeping your foot behind the ball. Talk to me though about the counter arm. I haven't heard a whole lot about that. You said you want to bring it across your chest violently, right? Yeah. Um, my coach always said, you know, reach for that back right pocket. So if you got jeans on, you got that back right pocket, you put your wallet in there, you want to get that counter arm and you want to, you want to violently reach for that. And it's almost like a twisting motion while you're, while your legs coming through and you'll be amazed, man. It's it's almost like a whip. It's like a, it's like a, you're on a roller coaster and, and your, your front goes and then the, the back whips, you know, if you've ever been on the back of a roller coaster, it's, it's faster when you're on the back end because it's kind of like a whip. So same thing with the counter arm, um, you know, let your, let your leg bring you through the kick, you know, um, but just like a field goal, right? You're, you want to be, you want to be behind the ball, eyes behind the ball, counter arm over. Um, and you're almost, your body's almost facing the sideline at, at contact. And then you're staying closed. It helps you, it helps your shoulders stay closed and you follow through. Man, that is awesome. I've never heard, you know, Whenever I go to coaching clinics and stuff, it's like if you can get one piece of information you never heard before, that's mm -hmm. that's huge. That's a great point right there. Now, I know it can be kind of heavy on, on your body. I mean, I've talked with some of my guys, you know, and it's like, man, coach, you know, fall camp, I'm hitting the ball eight deep in the end zone, and then we get to, you know, week five, week eight, week nine, and I can barely put it to the 10 or 15. How do you rep your kickoffs, uh, you know, to – you know, without wearing your body down. Definitely. I think you can do a lot more kickoffs in the off season, um, you know, cause you're training and whatnot, but if you're getting ready for the game, 
I'd say just kind of stick to the reps that you're getting, your live reps in practice. Um, you know, don't do too many warm-ups. You know, just I do about I do about three warm-ups where I kind of do like field goal steps mm-hmm. and I just focus on my contact and my follow-through and my hurdle. So um, I'm just trying to, you know, get the contact that I need, um, you know, on those three kicks. And then I do maybe one or two uh, – full runs and then it's like okay we got six reps at practice so you're really you really shouldn't be doing too many um I think that like six to ten good kickoffs are like good for a good day to work out but um you know definitely limit those um get those hip flexors right because you can definitely hurt yourself if you're doing too much of that Oh, no doubt, man. I was always a big dry run guy in order to, you know, simulate my steps and, and trying to get through. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a great point right there. Cause dry runs are good. Dry runs are good too. Are you um, on that? Yeah. I mean, I do, I do like to do it. Um, but I'm, I'm more so like, I'd rather do the, the shorter approach with getting that contact mm-hmm. um, just so I'm feeling that, that kick. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know I, I know I can swing my leg, but I feel like for me to get ready for kickoff, I need to have that. I need to feel that contact. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, you know, something you didn't do a whole lot of at San Jose State, but I mean, when I saw you, this is like your big thing was your field goals, and and I see you've been working on it too. I mean, you're doing all three. Uh, what can you tell me uh, about your field goals? What are three things that you can kind of focus on, or what you watch about yourself in film? Um, definitely. Yeah. I, um, at this point it's all muscle memory, uh, cause I actually started out as a kicker, um, and then turned into a punter. Um, so yeah, for all you young specialists, definitely try and take up all three. Um, you know, it's only going to help you in your recruiting process. Um, who knows you might become, you know, the next Ray guy, whatever it is, man, you know, uh, but I definitely try and focus on, um, you know, my shoulders, um, that counter arm, same thing. Uh, I have a tendency to open up and which causes my ball to either come over to the left or just miss hit the ball. Um, so I need to stay compact and make sure that I have that counter arm going and I'm staying behind the ball. I always keep my, try and keep that left eye, um, looking, I, I kind of make a mark on the ball. I I wet my finger, make a mark on the ball, and I focus on this spot um, on the left panel, on the left panel of the ball. And um, it helps me, you know, stay behind the ball, keep my head behind the ball, and I just focus on getting my leg through. Um, Also not not going 100%. I feel like I have my best kick at about 80%. Um, You know, if you have a big leg, I'd say, you know, just work on the consistent contact that you need following through get the ball height um you know i think height's really important especially um you know at the college level they're they're jumping up there 10 feet in the air um so you definitely got to be conscious of of doing drills like that when i first started out i would get like those quarterback nets or like those lacrosse nets put it in front of me goal, you know soccer goals whatever it is put it about 5 10 yards in front of me um you know, to where it's at least, you know, where you, where you're anticipating those guys putting their hands up. 
um, and working on those hype drills, you know, still going through your normal, your normal routine, uh, but just being conscious that you need to get that ball up. So um, that also, I think, is like a huge separator for guys. Like a lot of guys can hit those balls, but sometimes they're a little low. The trajectory is not where it needs to be. Um, so I think getting that height is really important. Oh, my God. And especially, you know, for you, you one thing that always wowed me or impressed me about you, like I said, was your flexibility and your backswing. Dude. I remember your, your freaking heel would be in the middle of your back, you know? Like it. Yeah, that's that leg whip, right? And for me, it was just something I remember I tried kind of emulating it and it just wrecked my whole, you know, swing because it just, it wasn't me. I was a small guy with a smaller body and I didn't have that flexibility, you know, so I had to be bigger on uh, my fall through. And and that that's maybe, I maybe had to hit a 90% or maybe a 95, you know, I had to swing a little bit harder, but for you, for sure, you know, that's 80%, let's find our consistent leg swing. It's all about that same leg swing every time, I think. Yeah. Definitely, man. And it goes back to taking care of your body. Like if you're not stretching out properly, if you're not like you're not you're just not going to be flexible if you're not out there stretching and, and taking care of yourself. Um, and if you don't know, that's fine. You, but you got to reach out to people who do know and, and who, you know, who are where you want to be, you know, reach out to reach out to your coaches. I'm sure someone will help you. But I think that it's it's a big deal to um, really get that flexibility, your hips flexors, hams, like everything, um, you know, that, that's something that, that helps me tremendously. And I've, I've seen a huge jump in my numbers, um, you know, strength wise as well. Um, you know, if you're a young guy and you, you don't feel confident in your strength, like you were saying, you know, you had to swing a little harder. I feel like, you know, just be consistent with where you're at right now, but just continue to grow, continue to take care of your body because you will get there if you're, if you're continuously working on it. You know, you don't need to go out there and hit 50-yard field goals. Um, you know, most field goals are hit 40 and in. So focus on being consistent with that, um, you know, and you'll, you'll get to where you want to be. Um, but definitely reach out to those people so you can continue to grow. Yeah, and that's something, you know, I keep hearing you reference. I think that's so valuable is, you know, these the guys at the highest level, they really take care of their, their bodies. What I've seen, too, is the best specialists aren't these guys that, can hit 60 yard field goals or you know these big time punts it's to be able to do it over and over and to keep your body healthy enough to do it over and over again right that's what separates the you know guys that can make it once in a while or, or the guys that stay around in the league is like longevity and being able to play over and over again now you've been in a lot of places and, and your workouts and you keep talking about your hips I'd love to know what are some things you do to work on your uh, hip strength or flexibility? Um, keeping the legs in running shape is really important. Um, you know, I do a lot of fast twitch, like sprints or um, band work, um, resistance training. Um, but I was really big um, when I was down at John Carney's. I was doing yoga for a while. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, really just focusing on, I was getting on Instagram and just following all these people who, who do stretches, who are like physical trainers, like, Oh, you have a sore back this morning. This is the stretch you can do. Like that's, I was just continuously trying to learn on different stretches. Um, you know, I work on doing the splits. Like that's something that I've always, you know, tried to do in the last, you know, you know, since I got into college, I've always tried to do the splits. Um, 
but yeah, just focusing on those hip flexors. I feel like once I got those right, you know, it kind of fixed my back pain. It fixed, um, you know, all the, all the hard movements that I do, the violent kicks, the violent punts, the violent kickoffs, like getting those hips right is, is definitely key. Not too sure exactly what, um, you know, exercises, you know, would be there, but I mean, just everything, I mean, everything's all one. So getting that core right, um, you know, just overall flexibility is really important. Shout out Jaku. I use that uh, muscle blaster thing that keeps me right. I think those are really important too. Um, and a really cool tool that you can use nowadays um, that I just started, you know, being made in the last few years. Um, I think Theragun is another one, something like that to where you kind of warm yourself up before you go out there and stretch and, um, you know, just another tool you can use rolling out really important, um, using your bands to stretch out. Um, how much, how much, how much core work do you do uh, a day? Um, not necessarily a day, but I definitely, every time I, if I'm working out, I definitely got to hit the core. Like you definitely got to do, and you got to get creative with it too. Um, I use medicine ball stuff. Um, you know, the roll, the rollout wheel is really good. Um, John has, John Carney has a really nice gym where he has a bunch of machines that you can go on. You know, you sit up there and get your, at your, your legs up, man, those, there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, the but I think that you can just, I mean, nowadays we have Instagram and Twitter and like go on there and just search for people who are, cause they're putting, they're constantly putting out videos right now in quarantine, home workouts, home stretches, home, take care of your body. Like, you know, not having therapy is, is is terrible you know so if you're an athlete pro athlete you know college athlete you definitely need that training room like to keep your body right so ice baths i do a lot of the um epsom salt baths um those are really nice after a workout get you that good sleep um yeah man it's funny a lot, you, a lot of cool things it's funny you talk about the instagram thing because man i do the exact same thing i literally have the hashtag hip mobility saved you younger guys might want to look at this and, and it's all different hip stuff, you know, just like Max talking about uh, core work. The kicker's Bible has got 45 different core exercises you can do for a minute at a time. So there you go right there. Um, right. And it, literally uh, from what I've learned talking to different guys, as far as hip strengthening stuff is like a lot of P90X stuff is really good. You know, getting your, your body to work in different directions you don't normally work. So laterally, you know, or backwards with your hips. You don't normally, you know, when we squat, we go straight up and down. When we power clean, we go straight up and down. Those are great explosive workouts, but there's other directions you can work your legs in. And I actually hurt myself. You know, I used to have bands, but I went OD and I would just go three sets of 15 on my right leg and one set of 10 on my left leg. That's definitely not how you do it because – you're going to end up, you know, overworking your body. Shoot, I still got back problems to this day. My left side is so much weaker than my right side. Mm -hmm. So great information from Mac. Make sure what you're doing, you do to both sides. Else you're going to yeah. end up old and decrepit uh, like me. That's pretty good, though. That's some of the stuff that you learned uh, from, from Carney. And they have a fantastic, right? One of his biggest things is he's a really big workout guy, right? And weight room guy. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a... Uh shoot he's in for for his age man he's in shape i want to be in his shape like now like that guy's that guy's elite man um but no it's 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 a really nice gym in there he's got all the equipment you need a lot of the stuff that i do when i'm there is like balance ball 
like, um, you know, working those, like, you know, those half balls, like the half dome ball. I don't know what they're called, but. Bosu balls. um, I kind of flip it over on the, on the ball side and I put my feet on the other side and I do squats with it. I um, just do balances, work on my, I do my full swing on there while trying to balance. That really gets my hips and glutes going. Um, But he just has a lot of great equipment in there that, you know, um, is not at a normal gym. I mean, it's a kicker's gym. It's it's a kicker's heaven down there. Like everyone's down there is just you know has something to offer, different workouts. Um, but John himself is always pushing us and always you know offering his his uh, his two cents. Man, he's he's great. Yeah, he sounds like he's. I mean, I've seen the the pictures or the videos with him wearing all the the um, Irish gear and doing. Yeah, that was cool. Man. That's big time. Yeah, you're talking about that BOSU ball. What, do you have a one foot and your, your plant foot on the BOSU ball, and then you're just working your, your swing like a dry run? Yeah, so um, it's kind of more so um, – I do both legs too. You, like you said, you don't want to do just one leg. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll put my foot in the center of the ball, and I'll just sit – I'll just stand there for five seconds. Then I'll come into a running position, high knee, five seconds. Then I'll – then I'll come back to the center, but I'll have my knee out to the side, still high knee, but out to the side for five seconds. And then I'll come back to the center and I'll do backswing. And this is all slow and controlled. Backswing to a full swing pressing through. And um, my swing is coming through controlled. I try and get it as fast as I can without throwing myself off the ball. Um, but it really, really works that knee stability um you know getting the glutes and the hips right like it's it, it's a good burner um and a good balance workout you know um just working those little muscles that you use when you when you punt man yes yeah, so much good workout information from you mac i love that because that's the side that a lot of young guys don't get right they think i'll just go to the field every day and kick 400 balls well it's like there's other stuff you can be doing to make yourself a better kicker. Shoot, you could be sitting around your weight or your living room and doing different dry run swings like this. You could be watching TV and dropping a football. So there's all this different stuff you can do besides just kicking. Absolutely. And I only had, man, all of quarantine. Um, this is what I've had. I've had no gyms. I haven't been able to go to any gyms. I'm up here in the Bay Area, so I'm not down at John Carney's anymore. But um, I had one medicine ball, um, jump rope, and a pair of 15s and a pair of 25 dumbbells. That's literally all the equipment that I had. And I was doing a lot of those HIIT workouts, like you were talking about, the P90X stuff. Like, I wasn't doing necessarily P90X, um, but I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, um, supersets of, you know, core and um, explosive movements and you know low weight but you're still getting you know that full body workout and it's fast paced include the running in there include the sprinting include the cone drills like i'm out here with my brother too my brother's an up-and-coming punter uh class of 2022 high school um he's you know we've had each other to push you know push one another out there we're doing like he's all he also plays like d-line o-line um he's a really big kid he's like six three um and we're doing, we're out there doing like, you know, cone, four cone drills, you know, sprint, 
shuffle, sprint, shuffle, like, you know, just those fast movements, um, getting those fast twitch muscles going, um, keeping those legs really strong, really fast, um, you know, and we're still, you know, still pushing each other, you know, go through that, go to that last breath for sure. You know, um, I feel like that's something that I had to include, um, in my workouts, like instead of just going out there to kick, like anyone can just go out there and kick, but I feel like what separated me too, um, was staying after getting that, getting that conditioning in, um, taking care of yourself and, and working out extra and, you know, being a weight room guy. Man, I love that stuff. And I love how close you and your brother have become, you know, through this and through football and, and working out. Uh, I want to talk a little bit now. We're, we're getting to the end here. This has been so awesome, man. I know you, I don't want to keep you on here too long, but I love talking about this stuff with you. Uh, what is some uh, mental stuff? You know, you go out there and say you're just having a bad day. All right. You're not hitting any good balls or what do you do to fix that? Because we've all been there. We've all had crappy days. How do you turn it around for yourself? Well, that's going to be up to the person, you know, to decide what is a crappy day for you. Um, to be honest, because I don't, I don't allow myself to have that at this point. Um, I've worked too hard and, you know, too long to say I had a crappy day. Like I can have a few bad punts, but I'm never going to have a bad day. And, um, you know, that's just something that's, that's a mentality that you have, um, you know, that you have to develop uh, for yourself. Um, but that's something that I, that I say all the time. It's like I can have a few shanks, a few mishit balls, um, but I'm not, I'm never going to let that be my day. You know, I'm going to, I'm still going to go out there and hit those, hit those, uh, punts that I need to, um, and take it slow. Like if you go out there and you just really cannot turn the ball over and you're just really out of whack, you know, think about like, what, what did you do leading up to your workout? Like, did you eat bad? Did you not stretch out? Did you do something different? You were up drinking all night, whatever. Um, you know, you got to prepare yourself for that workout. If you're going to go out there and you're going to spend the time to go work on your craft and be dedicated to it, you know, you got to take care of other things that are, you know, that come before that. So, um, you know, I feel like at this point I've already kind of taken care of those other factors. So I know that when I go out there on the field, I'm going out there and I'm going to have a good day. I'm going to go out there and, and do what I do. Um, so just taking it easy. Also, when you get into that, you know, that little funk, just, you know, um, shorten your reps, you know, quality over quantity. Um, I shut it down if I'm really like feeling, you know, like my hips are, are tight or my back's not feeling great or um, there's something going on that I need to take care of, like just shut it down because you're going to come out there the next day, whatever that is, um, and you got to do it all over again, you know. So that's the same thing when you're competing with someone, when you're at, you know, you're at camp, like you can't go into fall camp and have a bad day. And then the next day, you know, stay in that funk. Like you got to come out, you got to go out there every day and do it. So um, taking care of those other factors that may be adding to your bad day. I think that's, you know, that's being, that's being a pro that's being a college athlete. Right. Doing all the little things, right. Right. Yeah. All that preparation. Stuff is, yeah is is so important uh tell me you know and i th i think it'd be i'd be remiss uh because she was such a important part of your life how has football helped you with other harder things you've been through i know your mom 
she was a beautiful woman. She was so helpful. I met her at uh, in Fresno, I think, in, in the in the Team Jackson camp. And man, she was always there for you. And she was always just like you talked about at the uh, San Jose State trial. Tell me what football has meant to you and, and how it's helped you go through, you know, harder things in your life. Definitely, man. Um, yeah, she was, she's definitely my rock was my person, bro. And, um, having that support system is everything. Um, you know, not everyone is, is, you know, blessed enough to have that person in their life. And I was, um, unfortunately, you know, she passed away, but I think that that's something that, um, was my main drive. Like, caring about something other than myself and knowing that my success um, was offering that wellness and support to someone else who was going through something like cancer or, you know, to my family who was going through a rough time. I feel like I really had the team on my shoulders and it was awesome to be able to go out there and give them that respect of I'm busting my tail out here to, make something of myself and to also not only for myself, I'm doing that for my brother who's coming up, you know, for just being a role model for my family and, and, um, you know, honoring them. Like that's something that, you know, I've, I've played sports my whole life and um, blessed enough to find something as unique as being a punter. Um, that's, that's something that um, I cherish and it's a gift. And I think that anyone who's a kicker and punter, you should understand that it's a gift that, that we have, not everyone can go out there and do what we do. And, um, you know, having, having her go through what she went through, you know, all the more motivated me, um, that all American season, um, you know, pushing through those next two years without her was definitely a challenge, but it really brought me closer to my family, uh, really brought me closer to the real world, and having to go through adversity, um, I think that really added to uh, my success now. Like right now, I'm a, I'm a social worker. Um, I got a degree in criminal justice. So um, I, house, I work for a housing program that works with homeless population. Um, so I think I found my niche in serving others. And um, that definitely transferred over, you know, going through being a college athlete, having to, um, you know, walk on and earn, pretty much earn every step of the way, earn everything, um, really humbled me. It really uh, gave me a sense of pride in everything that I do in life. Um, you know, the little things matter. And it just really got me into a mode of, you know, uh, wanting to be the best version of myself, for sure, for everyone, you know, being you know, being that, being that guy that teams want to have on their team, you know, being that husband that I, you know, I just got married a year ago, you know, just being, being the best family member I can be, best teammate, best friend, like, you know, because our actions really affect others. And I feel, um, feel like having gone through all that definitely helped me with all my success that I have now. And it still is the driving factor in my life, trying to become, a, you know, an NFL punter. I'm a free agent three years out now. Um, still going, man. Still going. Can't give up on myself. Man, I, you know, that word that really sticks with me that you just said was blessing. And, you know, it is such a, you know, it's so easy for kids 
even myself to get so wrapped up in this game, you know, and oh, my life's over if I don't make this kick. Man, you said it right. It's a blessing. All the things you've gone through and the way you've handled it, man, it's it's an inspiration to me. And I think, you know, the way you found your motivation and, and you found the positives uh, and all the hardships that you've had uh, to inspire your brother and inspire your family, it, it really means a lot to them. I know it does because sure. it, it means a lot to me too, Max. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Of course, man. It's always love on this side. And I just keep doing what you're doing, man. I know good things are going to come to you because, you know, you're doing the right thing right now. And that, that's why I got into coaching, too, is it's not about, you know, the the X's and O's or the, the strategy. You know, it's about helping people. There's no better feeling for me when I help out some of the kids that we got or, you know, and anything I can do to help them out. So that that spirit that you got, man, that's what I'm trying to replicate. So. I appreciate that. And I feed off your energy every time we get on the phone or, or, or see each other, man. We, I mean, I, I miss you, man. I miss you for sure. And, uh, we always have a good time together. Um, I definitely noticed, uh, that you already have, you've always been kind of a student of the game, man. When we went to the Cal camp, you're out there with your notepad. When we went out to, to, uh, uh, to Brian Jackson's camp in Fresno, you're out there with your notepad asking him questions that you need to ask that none of us had the maturity to even care about, you know? And I, I kind of thought you were goofy for it, but realizing now, like you, you've already been on that path. And that's what I also admire about you is like really happy that you found your niche and now you're over there at Marshall, you know, they're lucky to have you over there, man. And um, you should definitely, uh, be proud of yourself like you've done a lot you know for for I'm glad you put that book out congratulations on that can't wait to read that um, but just overall you know I appreciate your energy I appreciate your friendship and thanks for having me on this uh, podcast man hey, and the funny thing is I'm still goofy that hasn't changed at all but uh, Not that you were goofy it was the fact that you had the notepad I was like wait what is this guy doing <laughs> I was like, we're at camp. We're not at school. <laughs> yeah, I'm all taking notes. I'm like, go on. The funny thing is that ended up becoming the book. So, you know, I took those notes and it, it ended up becoming, you know, it is what it is. But That's great, man. Mac, thanks. Thanks so much for being on, man. I've always followed your career. Uh, you've done great things in the past and you will continue to do great things. Tell us what, what do you got going on? You're moving, right? You're, you're on the move now. Big moves. Uh, wife and I are heading out to Arizona. I'll be out there for a couple years, um, and then um, that's. I mean, that's pretty much it. We're both following our dream. I think that's the you know the best part about our life as a as a, a married couple is we support each other in our dreams. She's been there every step of the way for me, and now I get to go support her. She's going to be going to nursing school out there, um, and I'm just going to continue to work and 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 follow that dream of football and. Um, you know, we're making it work. That's what life's about. Make it work. And uh, new adventures. Definitely excited to get out there. Probably work out with Marquette out there more. I think he lives out there. Pretty sure. But um, yeah, man, it's 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 big moves for me and uh, my family, but um, always on the grind. Yeah, well, you know, Celine's the best, too, and she has to be the best to put up with your annoying questions. But That's right, man. No, you guys are a great time, man, and I, I, I'm so excited for your move. And I honestly, I think it's going to be great for you. You know, it's warm all the time. You can train year-round, and 
seriously, NFL team, stop playing with this man. Somebody sign this man. You hear, you've heard the story. You've seen the stats. He's done it all, been it all. Get him, get him in camp. So. Appreciate that, man. Yep. Let it all fall into place. It'll be there. That's right, man. Just stay on your grind. Well, Mac, I appreciate everything uh, that you've done and all the great, there's been so much great information. Um, have a good one, man, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, brother. All right, man. All right. Appreciate it.